Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 visit rob black online at robblack.com now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. I start every morning uh, reading, updating myself, getting informed with page one. You're the first person I, I read, Patrick. How are you doing today? Hey, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. I appreciate that. No worries. It's uh, credit where it's, it's due, per se. Now, the markets are dealing with a Fed week. Isn't that right? That is correct. Well, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, should, we, should, we, should we place a bet or, or wait and see? I think you just wait and see. I think it's, it's, a, it's a really close call. Um, as to what the Fed's going to do, and and I don't know if it really should be that close. You know, I think that the Fed has crossed up its communication so much uh, for market participants that, uh, that there's no real uh, hard, fast thought as to what the Fed is is actually going to do. Um, so that's why you're seeing some of the you know you've been seeing this extreme volatility lately. That's been one of the contributing factors to it. Cause, but just as important as what the Fed might do is how the market might react after after that decision. Um, and that's really, I'm going to be really keyed in on, on that particular uh, mode of thinking. You know, um, does the market react well to a rate hike? Does it react well to no rate hike? Um, you know, that's what people need to be, need to be watching. <laughs> With that said, the, the stock market, can withstand a Fed rate hike, right? Well, you would think so. I mean, you're coming from 0% basically up to, you know, 0.25. Some might, some are thinking maybe you might only go up an eighth of a point. So, so obviously the Fed funds rate is, is still going to be extremely low. Um, and I, you know, heard another commentator the other day say, look, if, if the market falls apart because the Fed goes from zero to 0.25, you know, we've got bigger problems on our hands. Um, but I think that the, 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 the issue that the market is, is grappling with here is that you already have a market that's, uh, you know, effectively, you know, fully valued. Um, you know, the S&P 500 PE multiples trading in line with its 15-year historical average. So it's not excessive. It's not cheap. It, it's just kind of fair, right? Uh, and, but your starting point at this juncture for that fair valuation is a, is a Fed funds rate, you know, at, at zero, basically. Um, and any upward adjustment in the Fed funds rate and 
market rates as a result of that uh, is going to be a headwind uh, really for corporate earnings. And you're not seeing a whole lot out of the uh, earnings growth picture right now. And I think that that's, that's in the back of everyone's mind here is that the even though the first increase is not going to be anything significant, um, it, it, it is the start of something, right? And the Fed is telling us that they're going to be, you know, gradual with their rate hikes, you know, that the, uh, that the, that the terminal rate's going to be much lower than it has been, historically speaking. And that all sounds well and good right now, but you can never tell the future. There's no guarantee that that's going to be the case. Um, and, uh, you know, you might find the Fed in a position of having to hike rates uh, much quicker than people expect or currently expect. And so um, so I think that that's overhanging the market here right now is this idea that, um, you know, the trend is going to reverse itself and at higher rates, you know, in and of themselves are not necessarily good for equity valuations. At some point in time, we'll get escape velocity from the Federal Reserve is the thought, will we get escape velocity where we're not focusing in on, on a media level from China? Because I see their Shanghai Composite Index down today, 3.5%, and yet that's not pulling us down. Have we broken away from hyper-focus on China? I think in the very near term here, only because the hyper-focus is on the Federal Reserve uh, this week. Okay. Right, um, and what the market will be conscientious of after this Fed decision is is every incoming data point following that decision, right? Because if the Fed does nothing and you get data that starts to accelerate again, you know, where it's showing some encouraging pickup in economic activity, all of a sudden the conversation is going to shift again to the Fed's behind the curve, right? If the Fed raises rates this week. Uh, and the incoming data after that decision continues to decelerate uh, and, and shows a worrisome picture, the conversation is going to quickly turn to the Fed has prematurely raised rates. It's inviting, you know, uh, uh, an even greater slowdown, if not a recession, right? So that's going to continue to to create some of this volatility we're getting there. But for the very, very near term this week, it's all about the Fed in my estimation. So what's going on in China, people are paying attention to, uh, more so from an economic standpoint than what their financial market is doing. Um, but, um, you know, it's, we're going to remain on data watch, you know, leading up to the Fed decision and certainly following it. This week we've seen a lot of press already from Robert Schiller saying that we're in a bubble. Um, I've talked to Dr. Jeff Rosen before about the whole Robert Schiller, Paul Krugman, and he mentioned something like this is just dueling Ivy League school. Ivy League teachers just getting press, and he doesn't really pay attention to it. Do you pay attention to the Robert Schillers of the world? Because he's been right in the past about bubbles. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do. I take into account uh, what he's saying, and you have to respect the fact that, you know, like you said, he, he's been right um, in the past, and so you can't discount that uh, viewpoint entirely. You know, one of the things he did say uh, in, in highlighting his CAPE ratio uh, at currently being around 25, really, which is high on a historical basis for that particular ratio. I think the average is around 17 or so. He did acknowledge that while he's worried, that CAPE ratio could potentially go up as high as 45. So what he's saying is that um, the market kind of like basically have one of these blow-off tops, essentially, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but it's, it's the potential is there, and in the event that that does happen, He's worried that you then see a real uh, subsequent nasty 
sell-off uh, as overvaluation, you know, these bubble valuations, um, you know, spook people. Um, so I respect what he says because, he, you know, he's been accurate, uh, certainly had a very good line in terms of the housing market uh, downturn. Um, but, you know, dueling viewpoints is what makes a market, right? You have a buyer and a seller. People are looking at stocks and the market as a whole in a different fashion. Someone might think it's cheap. Someone might think it's expensive. So the person who thinks it's expensive sells to the one who thinks it's cheap. And in the end, it works itself out. But, um, you know, that's just how things work. I could listen to you all day. Like, I love talking markets so much. I could listen to you all day. Um, Changing topics, though, or, or moving on, per se. Um, U.S. economy, we saw a retail sales report for August. Uh, what was it, a little weaker than expected? Right, right. On the, on the headline, um, you had some upward revisions to the prior months, which kind of softened that, that blow from the headline reading. So it wasn't as bad as it looked at, at first blush. And, um, and it was also encouraging you saw core retail sales, and that's retail sales that include gasoline station, auto sales, and building materials and equipment supply sales. They were up 0.5% on top of a 0.6% increase in July. So, um, so that still is a, is a good indication. I think you can see it as a positive contributor to the goods component of the personal consumption expenditures uh, component within the GDP report. So something decent there. Uh, but interestingly, we are seeing that the, the gas price savings effect, though, is, is technically not really kicking in. Uh, consumers seem to be more predisposed to save that money versus spending it. You can see that in the fact that the headline number, the 0.2% gain in retail sales, was below the 0.7% increase in aggregate earnings that we saw in that August employment report. Um, And if that remains the case, you're going to continue to see kind of consumer spending increase gradually but not really pick up so much that you get that escape velocity we're looking for out of uh, GDP growth. Anything else that you're working on, sir, that we should be paying attention to? Yeah, well, the CPI report is out tomorrow. That's an, an important inflation data point. It's probably not going <laughs> to say a whole lot or trigger a whole lot of concerns about inflation, but we'll be watching that. But clearly, as we've discussed this whole interview, that the Fed is the thing to watch this week, and, uh, and after that decision, certainly the market's reaction to it. <laughs> when is the Fed uh, meeting going to be announcing whether they do or don't? Yeah, it's on Thursday, uh, September 17th. The decision should be out at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time, I believe. Okay. Thanks for joining me. Okay. Thanks, Rob. Absolutely. That is the one, the only Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. He does a thing called Page One with Briefing.com, and it's kind of a tear sheet where it says, this is what I think about the market today. And for instance, he wrote today, the week began on a somewhat trepidatious note. Trading volume was light on Monday, and the major indices relented to modest selling pressure. It kind of gives you that thought of, okay, this is the story that we're, this is our story. Where do we fit in with it? And, uh, you know, talking about some of the retail sales, for instance, if you exclude autos, they're up six-tenths of a percent. That helped cushion some of the headline blow. Um, because the headline was that we could back it up two-tenths of 1%. It's interesting because you can get a lot of the data out of this. You can see furniture and home furnishings, furniture and home furnishings um, dropped egregiously. So um, what's that mean? Should you be buying home furnishings store stocks? Probably not. 
building materials and supplies dealers down 1.8%. Gasoline stations down 1.8%. That could just be the price of gas, right? Department stores down two tenths of a percent. Autos were pretty strong, all things considered. Just throwing it out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.